Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Ancient Egypt has fascinated the modern world for centuries with its rich history and unique architecture. Venture inside ancient temples and pyramids, and you'll see mysterious hieroglyphs inscribed on walls and tombs. These carvings are pictograms of eyes, birds, beetles, and a vast assortment of other figures that together tell a cohesive story. However, these writings remained a mystery until the discovery in 1799 of what is now called the Rosetta Stone. This wedge-shaped rock fragment, named after the town where it was found, measures four feet by three feet and weighs three quarters of a ton. It's covered in three different types of writing, hieroglyphs at the top, an unknown script at the time in the middle, and Greek along the bottom. In short, the stone is the key to deciphering all Egyptian hieroglyphs. Hieroglyphs were not the very earliest writing, but they were pretty close to it. The oldest writing is just over from just before 3000 BC, which is about when uh, hieroglyphs come along too. And it turned out that the hieroglyphs at the top were how Egyptians wrote their language. And that middle mysterious section was also a way of writing Egyptian. It was kind of a shorthand way of writing hieroglyphs because hieroglyphs, which are pictures, were awfully slow to write ordinary messages. You'd have to draw a snake and a vulture and a zigzag. And so the Egyptians invented a kind of shorthand for ordinary purposes. And that's what that mysterious middle writing was. But nobody knew that. They thought it was another kind of writing and another kind of language altogether. That's Edward Dalnick a writer and the author of The Writing of the Gods, The Race to Decode the Rosetta Stone. In 391 AD, a Roman emperor who was a fervent Christian convert decreed that all Egyptian temples be torn down. By this time, Egypt's glory days were long gone. Sadly, during this period of destruction, the full slab of the Rosetta Stone was lost. As the centuries went by, no one alive knew how to read hieroglyphs. Yet the fascination with these strange markings increased. After the discovery of the partial slab of the Rosetta Stone in 1799, two researchers embarked on a mission to decipher the code. The first was Englishman Thomas Young, and the second was Frenchman Jean-Francois Champollion. It took decades to figure out the code. But why was it so difficult, especially since both men knew how to read Greek? Why didn't they assume each text said the same thing and just match the Greek letters with the hieroglyphs? You've got these hieroglyphs, this message, and you've got this Greek writing. And so you might think it would be easy to match them up. But if you think about it, if you picture a slightly more familiar example, if you looked at, at a bunch of Chinese writing, say, if you didn't speak Chinese, you might wonder how in the world you would start does the writing go up and down or side to side? And how do you know one word from another? How do you begin to guess that? So it's a harder problem, this deciphering, than you might think. And even with the Greek in hand, to figure out how the Greek matched the hieroglyphs was a terribly hard problem. They thought it would take two weeks. 
the first people to look at it thought. And it ended up taking 20 years. The big breakthrough came when Young and Champollion realized that the most important hieroglyphs were enclosed in an oval. The most conspicuous word in the Greek section was the name of the pharaoh who reigned at the time when the Rosetta Stone was written. His name was Ptolemy. And they tried to match up the Greek name Ptolemy with these symbols in this oval. And then their first guess was that the first hieroglyph in the oval matched the first sound in Ptolemy, and the second symbol of hieroglyphs matched the second symbol, and so on, like answering a first clue in a crossword puzzle. With more clues, correct guesses, and years of research, Young and Champollion successfully decoded the entire Rosetta Stone, unlocking the meaning of every hieroglyph ever written. We know exactly what it says, and now all these things that Egyptians wrote through all those long 30 centuries when they ruled, which had been mysterious for thousands and thousands of years, now we can read everything. We know what it said on those temple walls. We know what it said in a letter that someone has found that one Egyptian wrote to another. All those things that had been mysterious, we can now read because people deciphered the Rosetta Stone. Before the Rosetta Stone was fully decoded, many people believed hieroglyphs held lofty secrecies, such as the meaning of life. But it turns out these symbols had a much more practical translation. They say everything. Some of the letters say things like, I wrote to you last week and I still haven't heard from you. What's going on? Or there's uh, someone found a will from a woman who said, uh, I took care of you ungrateful children all through my life and you haven't done anything for me in return and now I'm not leaving you anything. And some things are much grander. A king says, I'm so mighty and here's how I ruled and here's who I conquered and that kind of thing. But any foreign language can be difficult to interpret if you don't fully understand the culture. Imagine people in the distant future trying to figure out what the term just Google it means if Google is no longer around. One of the things it shows is that things can disappear. Here was this culture that for 3,000 years ruled the world. And then when knowledge of how to read its records disappeared, that was essentially it for that whole culture in world memory. So things are more fragile than you might think. And then even when you do write things down, it will be hard when people come along, harder than you might think for them to understand what we were about, even if they do find records, because lots of things in writing require that you have some grasp of the culture if you're to know what they mean. But like if you read something about in the future, someone reads something about someone gave someone the cold shoulder, say that will be most obvious what that means. Or if they read somewhere that he was head over heels for her. You know, head over heels sounds perfectly ordinary. How would you guess that that meant madly in love? These stories of breaking secret codes have long held a tremendous appeal. Perhaps the fascination lies in the fact that we are all curious about the unknown. So, what does the Rosetta Stone actually say in three different languages? Well, it's a curious thing. Most of the famous documents you can think of in the world, like the Declaration of Independence, are important because of what they say. The Rosetta Stone is important because of how it said it, because it said the same message in different languages, so you could translate it. What it said, actually, was kind of chest-thumping on the part of the pharaoh who wrote it. It said, I'm so high and I'm so mighty that everybody must know about me, and in fact, I'm so important that I'm going to make sure that nobody can miss hearing how wonderful I am, and therefore I'm going to write about my greatness in more than one language. I'm going to write the same message in different languages right here. And so the message wasn't so much. It was just, aren't I swell? 
But because it was translated into different languages, it was terribly important. Today, the actual Rosetta Stone is on display in the British Museum in London, where it remains the most popular attraction. Dalnek believes there will forever be a unique fascination surrounding the reign of Egypt, which ruled and remained an independent land for almost 30 centuries. Egypt is about the only ancient culture that anyone has heard of, with the pyramids and the pharaohs and all this. And it was all mysterious until suddenly the Rosetta Stone let you know what was going on there. So it's not only a deciphering story, which people like, but it's this kind of message in a bottle. Here's an ancient culture that had been closed off from us that nobody knew what was going on. And then someone finds this Rosetta Stone and all of a sudden they can learn what that culture was all about. To find out more about the Rosetta Stone and our guest, Edward Dalnick, head to viewpointsradio.org. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, X, and Facebook. This segment originally aired in December 2021 and was written by our associate producer, Polly Hansen. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week... Alcohol... Yeast dough, you know, if you're making cookies with your kids and you got a chow hound, don't let him eat the raw dough. We cover some of the definite no-nos for pets. Then... I have a list of 45 ingredients and 41 of those were functionally extinct. Did the fruits and vegetables of our ancestors actually taste better? These food historians have no doubt. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. <laughs>